the Nikabi Diary Season 1 ebook with clickable links for each episode is available now, complete with 52 illustrations and inspirational quotes from each podcast guest. Click on the link in the description to get yours. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Season 2 of the Nakabi Diaries podcast, a platform dedicated to sharing the stories of the women behind the veil. This season, we will be speaking to more Muslim women from all walks of life as we continue to discuss their deep and intimate reasons for wearing the niqab. The Nakabi Diaries, our experiences, our perspectives, our voices. I'm your host, Samar, and thank you for listening. Please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sister, how are you? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, sister, I am fine. Uh, how are you? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair. Jazakallah khair. Thank you for joining us today on the Naqabi Diary. Sister, could you introduce yourself for the listeners and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yes, of course. So uh, my name is Afia Mubashira Momi and I am from Dhaka, Bangladesh. I'm a final year engineering student um, studying industrial and production engineering at National Institute of Textile Engineering and Research. And I'm passionate about supply chain management and want to work with it uh, from an Islamic perspective in future, inshallah. Uh, I like to express my thoughts and share messages with um, uh, which could be benefit other people through writing. I do content writing for companies and uh, do creative writing. And one of my favorite genre is thriller stories. So which I say in a Islamic uh, background from Islamic background, as I want to make things uh, right up from um, it's from a way to give people dawah and uh, let them know about um, Islam more uh, uh, with the creative writings uh, stories. And although I like to write uh, novels, poetry, but most, mostly I write from a perspective of a Muslima. Mm-hmm. And I like to be involved around voluntary activities. Currently, I'm working with a voluntary organization. Its name is Dreams for Tomorrow, where we help the high school students uh, from remote and unprivileged areas to improve their mental health, leadership skills, value education, patriotism, along with um, inter- uh, IT and technological knowledges. MashaAllah. Mashallah, well, that's, that's a lot of things that you do, mashallah, subhanAllah. <laughs> wow. Okay, inshallah, we'll come back to that later on and get more into um, some more of the details of that, inshallah. Um, but first, we'll talk about the niqab. So, sister, could you tell us um, what, a little bit about your background as a Muslim and how do you get to um, be wearing the niqab? Okay, so uh, I'm from a secular Muslim family. So uh, from my childhood, I was not uh, having that much knowledge of uh, practicing Islam and all. But from 2015, I came across some practicing brothers and sisters through social media and through some of our uh, voluntary organizations and other clubs, uh, where I got to know a lot more about Islam through books, uh, through video lectures, and so on. 
And with time, I'm, I came up with the concept of covering a veil. I was doing hijab that time, but uh, not very much knowing the meaning of it. Uh, taking it as a piece of cloth, I was involved in pre-mixing and uh, I hardly had any idea that the meaning of hijab is much more than that. So as I got to study more, uh, gain more knowledge about it, I found that the way I am covering myself is not uh, appropriate. As uh, covering requires outer garments and it has many other requirements which was not fulfilled. And eventually, uh, I come to know about niqab, the face veil. I was not personally convinced uh, the first time before uh, when I was young that, uh, well, is it actually necessary to cover the face or not something? like that, uh, uh, I have doubts on it. So I studied like why um, it's something like referred or uh, mentioned in Islam and people do it and it's like very much praising one. So uh, I studied some ways, books, video lectures. So I realized whatever I'm wearing a scarf uh, with my regular clothes, it's not fulfilling the hijab, the, the meaning of hijab the veil or covering which is obligatory and I am the one who is responsible for it. So I had to uh, uh, be uh, accountable for my deeds. So uh, I uh, finally decided that for the face veil and uh, the face is the most attractive and the beautiful part of a person, like for both men and women. So when the veil requires um, covering our feet, our hands, all the body parts, how could it, the face uh, be not a part of it? So uh, when the objective of wearing a veil is to cover our beauty uh, from non-mahrams, and how can face the most beautiful part of our body not be a part of it? So yes, there are many uh, opposite debates, like it, it's a you know, thing of, there are many uh, different thoughts of many shayaks, many Islamic scholars, but most of them, uh, as I got to know that the uh, ways how it came, the uh, veil from books and some uh, video lectures. So Allah knows best, but I found it is the best decision to put it on. Alhamdulillah. 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 So um, uh, how long have you been wearing it? So uh, I uh, was uh, uh, in my third year of my university when uh, uh, it was uh, um, 2019. So um, from that time I started, but uh, the intention was uh, made before that. So uh, I, I was uh, always thinking that um, I, I wanted to cover myself with uh, the outer garments, which is required, and uh, the uh, face veil. But uh, what happened that uh, my family was not uh, allowed. I was not allowed as uh, I was speaking up. Like my family is a secular Muslim family, so I was not allowed to. Yeah. Uh, whether I have asked uh, many times before. So uh, it was um, uh, 2018, the December, 
So I finally uh, took the decision that um, I uh, want to do it. I do Sekara, I uh, talked with some sisters, and uh, um, so uh, would they say that uh, if you feel like to wear it, you need to take the step. So um, it was um, my some some of my small savings. Uh, with this, I have ordered the, ordered it online without letting my parents know, okay. uh, actually without their permission. Uh, and um, it, it took me a lot of courage to do this because I made the intention before two years and I was praying, I was um, asking for help, but uh, I wasn't making any practical action towards it. So um, I was in my third uh, year of my university, to, uh, 2019, mm -hmm. when I started to wear it on. MashaAllah. So um, when, you, when you decided to put it on and you also use at university, was there any issues with the university itself that you was covering your face? Uh, no, uh, the university authority, I didn't find any issues with them. I uh, like to say that I feel very uh, proud about my university because they always have respected it and um, they have no issue with it. But for other ways, um, say for the um, from my family, I have some issues, and from my batchmates, they uh, feel it in something like differently. And uh, on the, some some other uh, issues like voluntary work from these people, so I feel some issues. But uh, from my university, I didn't feel that much issues. Alhamdulillah. But um, in the university, are there other um, women wearing the niqab as well? No, uh, in, in my university, uh, mostly um, a lot of girls wear hijab. Hijab is very common, but uh, in, in my class, uh, including me, only two girls wear niqab. Okay, alhamdulillah. Okay. So, um, would you say that um, sisters who wear the hijab get treated differently from the sisters who wear the niqab, in your experience? Oh, well, uh, yes, I feel uh, when I started wearing hijab, the community, the relatives, they were very much okay with it. And in schools, colleges, and other places, like I, I, I traveled to Japan with hijab and it was welcoming. Mm -hmm. There were not many issues in the airport that time. And my parents, my batchmates, they were also uh, okay, kind of. But since I started wearing niqab, it was like changing their attitude to me a lot. Uh, it was not that as welcoming like a job. It was more like taunting, mocking, and appearance uh, is like negative towards niqab, I feel. So are there, are, there, are there many other niqabi sisters in your community at all? Or is it mostly online that you've had interaction with sisters who wear the niqab? I, I do have interaction with sisters online, offline. Yes, there is. And the number of um, sisters wearing niqab is, is increasing uh, day by day, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So this is a great thing as uh, nowadays people are studying Islam and uh, practicing it actively when uh, previously we don't have uh, uh, that much resource or maybe the mindset of people, whatever. But now uh, we are seeing that progress, alhamdulillah.
Alhamdulillah. So would you say that you found it easy to start wearing the niqab? I mean, you did your research and you made an intention that you wanted to wear it for quite a while. So would you say that when you actually started wearing it, was it an easy thing for you to do? Like, how was it on a practical level? Did you find it easy to breathe or was there, was it difficult for you? Was it uncomfortable when you put it on your face? How was it? So, well, it was not easy for me. Uh, as I have grown in a secular Muslim family here in mm -hmm. Bangladesh, so mm -hmm. mm, as, as I said before, that I was never allowed to wear abaya or burqa from other governments. So though I wanted it to do it from a very young age, say for 20, uh, 2007 or so, like, uh, but as my family was not allowing me, so I, I kept praying, but yeah, never made any mistake for it. And um, uh, I, I never surrounded by uh, so much uh, practicing Muslim people who can tell me or influence me to eat. Rather, my environment was different. Uh, we are so cultural backgrounds. And um, in my childhood, I, I, I joined in the dance class as it was my mom's wish to teach me dance. And I did many stage shows that time. Uh, so um, in 2012, uh, when I shifted to Islamic school, uh, whose uniform requires a hijab. Uh, that time, one of my teachers uh, once uh, made us a promise without mm, knowing what it was. So we raised our hands and she said, I, I, I like you uh, all to wear the hijab after this school too. So I was so happy that I finally got a reason to convince my mom. She was not happy with it the first time. But after that, she started to wear a hijab with me too. Mashallah. So uh, wearing hijab, though it's very common uh, in, in my country, was mm -hmm. difficult for me. And it took me many years to follow it. And niqab was something beyond imagination to me. So I knew that uh, they never like it as, um, as I asked them many times before I finally started it. And I, I always got a negative reply. So I finally took the courage to take the step without the permission. And well, there started a lot of hardships after that um, from my family. Really? Um, could you expand like what kind of things happened? Uh, no, well, so uh, my family accept it unwillingly, but they feel very uncomfortable with it. and. Uh, it was like um, they felt very uncomfortable to take me out with them. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. um, when I started Nikab, um, for, for, for a time being, my mom uh, stopped talking to me and uh, um, she, she, she never liked to take me out with her. And uh, I went through some mental trauma and depression that time because mm -hmm. uh, it was like, putting a new thing on uh, on your face. And I, I was not very much familiar with it mm. as I didn't see many people in my family to wear it. And um, it was a new thing to try on. And uh, at that time, um, I don't get that much support from my family, but uh, uh, I um, after some time when uh, they, they, they need some time to take it easy yeah. that. Uh, 
uh, it's, it's actually very many uh, 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 what can I say it's, it's, it's uh, easily um, uh, described that it could be difficult for them too because uh, seeing a uh, person uh, with a new look uh, completely and whenever uh, when no one in your family uh, you, you will have ever seen like this before and at a young age so it was difficult for them too but alhamdulillah allah had made it, made it easy for me and um, even through these hardships i felt a different level of peace inside me that whatever i was doing is not for no one it was only for allah alhamdulillah so do you feel um, in your country there's like kind of safety concerns over um wearing the niqab itself that may be you know is, is has anybody expressed that to you that they think that is that you're going to be at risk if you wear it or there's some kind of danger for wearing it yes a lot of things is like that um uh, in my country not only my country mostly the south asian countries Bangladesh, india and these countries like uh there are uh media propaganda and a lot of things so I remember the first day when I went to my university with the face veil, the first reflection of my non-Muslim bashment were, uh, so when did you join IAS? Oh, wow. um, so uh, uh, the school where I work as a volunteer um, uh, with the students and the first day when I went there with the niqab, so they said like starting mocking me and said like, so I hope you are not a terrorist. You, you are not with any bomb, right? So you were doing it, uh, but but you were you were not with them, right? You were not with any groups, and so also when I uh, went to my college to collect some documents, so and they said that you uh, may to take it off for verification purpose. But I said yes, I can, but you, you can verify it with some female staff. But later he was okay with it, and the thing is still about like many sisters wears niqab. Um, they face this verification issues to take the face bail yeah. off in front of people. Something I, I feel it could be changed. Either we can shake or verify it with a female staff or can do some uh, fingerprints, retina scans, which are yeah. more, even more appropriate for verification. I, 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 I respect and agree completely that yes, verification is needed. And yes, there could be many cruel intentions uh, of many uh, criminals uh, who use it for crimes but the harassment a lot of sisters are facing for that this thing actually should be changed yeah of course and, definitely yes and um one thing uh, was that uh, when i uh, i i, I um, started to learn my cycle with with this uh, zilbab on and carbon I have to quit it because the instructor, though she's a female one, she used to taunt me because the face veil and jilbab as if this is the only reason that uh, for me to fail. So where there could be actually many other stuff for one to learn a new stuff, but still, and she has thought that it was, it was only the face veil or only the jilbab that makes me fail or uh, I'm actually not coping up with it. And also, from the relatives, they actually sometimes they said like, "Can you please put it off? My children are being afraid of you with this." So oh, the things are like that. Uh, so I suppose uh, when I went to my uh, teacher for the first time wearing it, 
I, I have to reintroduce myself with niqab. Yeah. And the first question he asked that, did you get married? I said, wow. well, no. <laughs> so the, the common concept is, uh, for, for this thing is like, as you know, we live in a materialistic world. So all people are getting easily is you're doing something for mm. this purpose, for some worldly purpose, mm. for some benefit. Ah, well, but uh, they're very much okay with it, you see? Like, uh, yeah, you, you just, um, there the, are the, uh, girls who got married, they first by their husband or in-laws, uh, so they uh, wore it on or so. But it's like so unbelievable for them when even uh, if anyone says that, hey, well, I wear it uh, for the pleasure of Allah, only for him. It is that. We are Muslims, we are the slaves of Allah, and that's it. So all of the things I think like it is because of the mindset of people like these safety issues, security issues and all of these uh, different uh, um, occurrences that are uh, we are facing, we are hearing it's, it's because uh, the thing that is a barrier, the thing that is a crime, it could be a so it's because of the mindset of them, the, the, their perception, their perspective. And of course, the media has a strong role on this. Yeah, subhanAllah, it's, it's true. Like, it, that's, you know, they, if, you, I like the fact that you touched on the whole um, security kind of issue and how now they have, especially at airports, they're starting to do the fingerprinting and, you know, eye scanning and things like that. So even for our sisters who were in the Nekad, um, you know, it's, it wouldn't even be necessary to show your face eventually anyways, because everybody's right, getting right. eye scans and stuff like that, you know, and fingerprints. Yeah. So once you've taken those, I mean, you don't really even need to see the person's face, but that's what technology is doing for us, isn't it? And that seems to be the way that um, things are going forward now. Right. Yeah, that's fun. So have you, have you done any travelling um, through any airports or anything like that? Since you've been wearing uh, well, uh, after after I started uh, niqab, I I used local transportation, but mm -hmm. um, I didn't go through any airports, no okay. international travels this time, so not. Inshallah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, have you met any other sisters who would like to wear the niqab but they're not allowed to wear it? Yes, I I actually got many messages from sisters in social medias and some from other sisters like uh, who or uh, who was not so much practicing before they grew up in a secular family and they now wanted to uh, follow islam properly but other family is not allowing them so they can't do it some of the sisters were actually uh, doing this um, without uh, let their parents know, like uh, they uh, uh, leave their parents, uh, leave the house without it. And uh, after some places, after some uh, um, distance, they wear it on and go, uh, uh, go on a travel or so. And uh, there are sisters like who converted to Islam recently. Okay. I have known some of the sisters. Alhamdulillah, they have converted to Islam, but yeah. uh, their family is being a big issue for them because their family is not that much supporting, you know, so that they can't even uh, share it to them. And there is uh, some living issues, so they can't actually live by themselves and do things. So yes, there are things like that. Alhamdulillah. 
So, and uh, have you met any sisters who've been forced into wearing the niqab? Maybe because they got married or anything like that? Have you met any sisters like that? No, I haven't met uh, that much like that. I, I have heard that uh, some things could be, but uh, it's like very uh, rare to see that people are forcing that much mm. to wear it. Yes, probably. So sister, you mentioned um, that you work for an organization, Dreams for Tomorrow. Could you tell us more about that, please? Well, Dreams for Tomorrow is a, a non-profit organization, voluntary organization. Uh, we work for the students, mainly for high school students, the age of 11 to 14. So uh, the students who live in a remote area, unprivileged village or uh, this kind of places, so uh, we, we try to connect with them and we provide them the you know, leadership skills, knowledge, we provide them the value education and also the technological skills and the other um, uh, skills that are needed for the mental health. So I personally work with uh, three of the centers as a center coordinator, and we have another center in here, Dhaka, mm -hmm. uh, which is mainly designed for the students uh, who uh, live in around the slums on Mirpur. And uh, the students uh, uh, who uh, read that school, that, that is named Shapnul Hara, Shohak Shapnul Hara Welfare Association, and in that school, we have uh, run our first value project. I was the coordinator of the value project. We taught them the uh, truthfulness. We taught them about the... Oh, okay, you know, yes. Like personal yes. development kind of thing. Yes, personal development kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So we were confused about, firstly, that uh, is it something like we can taught people because it is something like innate to them. People got it from their... Uh, like uh, the family, the surroundings. But when we started it with our instructor, we actually took some session on like how, how uh, should we, uh, uh, we, we need to respect people's, um, uh, all of the people's uh, thoughts, their ideas. Yeah. Like whenever, uh, uh, whatever, it's someone senior than us, someone junior than us, we need to respect their ideas. Yes, our, our thought, our uh, idea could be different than, than them. We could share it, but we could be respectful. Then we, we share the, uh, the um, benefits of speaking the truth always as students are, you know, we have all flaws and students are very much uh, they have a lot of things they want to be more um, doing fun and all of those. So sometimes they think that what if we just lie to people and all of that. So after the few sessions, when we uh, spoke to the school authority that what is the improvement? Is there any development? Like we are doing things. Uh, it's like experimenting with the students, like uh, doing it for the first time, the value project and all. So the, the teacher uh, who was in charge, so she said like in, in that place, uh, Mirpur, where the slums are and the mm. students, our students uh, for whom we were designing the classes. So that student were previously involved in some political positions and all, because, uh, you know, uh, they use the children's for money and uh, they use them in the rallies and all. Uh, 
but after we, we, we introduced our lessons to them that the value project, we call it the value project, uh, we uh, work with eight values, including truthfulness, including uh, respect towards people, including um, the, our responsibility towards our parents, and a lot of things. And after that, we, we found that the students, they prefer to stay in the school rather than joining the rallies for money. Because they, they think that, yes, that was like really an eye opener for us that whatever we are doing that is actually helping them out. So Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, that was really great one for us. And last year, uh, also before the COVID-19 situation, we also did the leadership project. And in the leadership project, we did some great lessons like the leader we, we all the leader, we all need to be the decision maker. We all need to take decisions for us, mm -hmm. for our families, for a lot of works. And we, not to, we all need to be responsible for our works and deeds. So when uh, we complete the leadership project, the leadership uh, workshop, we give them ideas about what's their fear, the thing, what are their, uh, what, what are the things they're afraid of? So in the beginning of the session, some people said, well, I'm afraid of a uh, dog. I'm afraid of height. I said, well, uh, is it something a real, a real fear? Because if you know, uh, you know that a dog will uh, dog won't make any harm to you unless you are doing any harm to it. Yeah. They think, and after that, they realize, well, yeah, it was a fake fear. Uh, it was nothing that we, we need to fear. Then someone said, well, I fear that this subject, I, I fear mathematics, this is so, so tough. Well, if mathematics is so tough, then maybe you need to give more time. Yeah. And it won't be your fear anymore. And with the students, we, we did some group works. We made a group and students make their projects, like what uh, they think differently, what they do differently, to what responsibility did they take. So there are some groups of students who take the responsibility to make a garden around the school. And there were students who uh, took the responsibility to open a like school bank, uh, some, some sort of uh, a small uh, saving account for the students who Inshallah. are very poor and can't buy uh, the necessary stuff during um, uh, exams and also what they do they collect a monthly amount from the students and put it there uh, they actually involve a teacher also and then uh, when uh, whenever the students anyone who needs some money who needs to buy stuff and actually their family can afford it as Many of their parents are very uh, poor and they work as a laborer, they work as a rickshaw puller and so on. So they help the students out. And there are many great projects like the students, some of the students who learn other students uh, language skill, how to uh, speaking, uh -huh. the public speaking knowledge. Some of the students they, uh, who are good at science or math, they also learn the uh, junior students, the students from junior classes, Mm -hmm. that uh, who are uh, uh, excited about math or wants to learn more about it, about more uh, things about it, wants to know more. They took a session for these students to uh, let them know more about 
math and science alhamdulillah that alhamdulillah that's really good it sounds like there's a lot going on there mashallah so when while you've been working there and involved in these projects have you felt so, um, at all or has anybody expressed to you that you know has it made them feel different difficult or has they have anybody expressed to you that they feel like it's some kind of barrier has it stopped you from doing any kind of work there uh, from this kind of works with students and all i never uh, faced any kind of barrier it was all the same like before and it was like uh, working with them doesn't require to any um, kind of uh, interaction and all it was okay to do it uh, behind the niqab and also so uh, there was no that kind of issues with it unless it's just actually what can I say like the mindset of people some people thought that well it, it's maybe it's a barrier when it's actually the barrier of the society the the barrier of the people's mind nothing else because i feel like it's, it's it, there is nothing like the works that could be um uh, issue for for niqab niqab can be an issue here and with the students when we work uh, we mostly um, try to interact them or we uh, teach them the lessons that they are perfectly okay and the other things like doing our uh, organizational works meetings and all those are also okay with it so um can you talk a little bit about the um you said you do creative writing as well like how did you get involved with um the creative writing so that's still quite different as well or is it how did you come about doing that what made you want to do creative writing well, so when I was very young, um, so from that time, I had a passion to write. I, I was trying to always write up something and I got very much motivation from my family and uh, friends like um, you were doing it well. And um, from that time, I tried to publish it, uh, some, some uh, sort of magazines and all. So uh, when I was in fourth standard, uh, I was 10 years old. And from that time, I started to publish some of the poetry that I wrote. And my parents also helped me in that way. So after that, um, when I was in college, I, uh, I attended a um, competition. It was a um, story competition. You have to write a story. Uh, for uh, instant uh, in, in one hour or so. So after that, I, I, I wrote a story uh, for that competition and I own the competition. And after that, um, oh, no. uh, that was for uh, uh, organization. Mm. It was linked with the company called Anurakum Group. And uh, next, um, next year, I got the proposal from them to work with them as a content writer. So I interviewed and I got the position. I was the most junior one to join them. And uh, Alhamdulillah, it was so amazing and exciting journey to work with different things like some, uh, sometimes it was electronic products, writing the email marketing content. And sometimes it was like working with the blog posts with parenting and educational posts and uh, um, uh, research uh, type blog type content. And in the last year when I worked for a very uh, popular online books, uh, online uh, book uh, store called Rakumari. Uh, so uh, I, I worked with them from last year uh, and I, I wrote many uh, 
SEO-based content. It was in English. And um, for the creative writings, I also, um, it, it's, it's actually, you need to think the imagination, the observations of mm -hmm. people, and you have to put resource, the reference in your write-up. So uh, whenever I uh, write, uh, try to write something uh, nowadays, as I said, like from an Islamic perspective, from uh, the Isle of Muslima, whenever I try to write something, I try to put the, uh, our culture, our, uh, we have a very uh, robust culture as a Muslim. Yeah. We have many different styles, many amazing styles, what we actually don't know because uh, our culture is actually, as we don't uh, practice them as well, so it's, it's like we are vanishing them. So whenever I try to write up, I, I try to put that thing, some hadith, some reference of the things, and the activities, the sunnah, uh, what people can follow. We have a misconception about a lot of things. So I try to uh, uh, try to involve these uh, things in my writings that mm -hmm. whenever uh, 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 anyone will read the story, through the story, they will get the message, well, that was wrong. And with the reference, right. of course. So yeah, whenever yeah. I write, I, I try to add reference for it mm -hmm. uh, from some authentic sources as uh, people will get the clear message uh, as whatever, uh, say for uh, cheering, uh, if, if anyone dies. We Muslim have uh, specific dua for consolation. So... Uh, when uh, it's in Friday, we, we, we cut our nails and there are a lot of uh, like, th there's a specific orders for that. So we have a lot of robust culture and uh, I, I try to uh, incorporate uh, them in my writings to uh, let people know through it. And as they will uh, make themselves more uh, uh, knowledgeable through it and they can also practice it and of course uh, whenever we, we, we uh, read a story or anything like we just want to follow the characters like the oh mm -hmm. wow that character is the main lead role they follow this stuff so there are a lot of books like from uh, which are written from the secular perspective which are very much famous like the Sherlock Holmes so these characters this detective stories this uh, mainly drill, they may smoke, they may uh, do a lot of activities, which is not allowed as a Muslim, we can't do that. So whenever we, I try to write down my stories, my uh, write-ups, I try to incorporate the sunnah in them. Mm -hmm. So whenever anyone uh, who is reading it, if, if they like the character, if they want to follow it, they can follow the sunnah as well, alhamdulillah. So in that way, yeah. I try to do it. Mashallah. So, sister, have you had any books published? No, I haven't uh, had any book published. I'm just writing it uh, still now. And okay. uh, like from the scratch, I'm doing it. Yes. Okay. But inshallah, yeah. in future. And um, once you once you do your, uh, once you finish writing your book, will they be available to buy online? I haven't thought anything of i think it's really you've got really nice ideas so it's worth doing that inshallah definitely okay sister so to finally um bring the interview to a close i'll ask you the last two questions um first 
as somebody who's made that transition from you know a cultural Muslim family and starting to wear the hijab um, and getting used to that and then trying to learn about what the hijab means what would you advise to a sister who is interested in wearing the niqab and um, you know but she doesn't feel confident to wear it what kind of advice would you give her well, so um, my dear sister who wants to wear niqab, I will advise them to take the courage, to take the step towards it, and inshallah, Allah will make it easy for them. And as Allah promised in the Quran, whoever walks towards him, he comes by running towards them. So we, we only need to make the intention and we need to pray and of course, we need to take an active action towards it. So uh, finally, when we took that practical step, Allah has made it easy for us. Allah will make it easy for us. And uh, I will uh, advise the sisters that uh, if you are not enough convinced on that, that why become or uh, what is the purpose of wearing it, why you were wearing it. Firstly, I will tell you that study. Read some books, go through the video lectures. You will find a lot of resource in online now available. And there are a lot of good books which actually talks about it. And uh, after reading them, you will get more knowledge about it. So gain the knowledge and make yourself convinced and then when you take the decision be steadfast towards your decision and finally sister what does the niqab mean to you so to me niqab is the ultimate freedom in a world where women is objectified islam is the one who treated women with respect that women is not a product they don't need to worry how they look. Uh, they not, don't need to be someone special. They ne don't need to make themselves beautiful for others. They don't, they don't need to entertain someone as the media is treated women nowadays like just a product. And as we are seeing in the increasing numbers of crimes against women when Islam is the one gives us the freedom to not to sell us up and i got amazed with the concept of veil the hijab and the face veil and uh, i believe if even i was not a muslim allah forgives me this is a thing that will attract me towards islam mm -hmm. there is so much respect on it so much freedom and so much empowerment i feel like a girl with niqab how we will actually find that uh, how will communicate with her you will communicate with her intellect you will communicate with her talent you will communicate with her skills not with like how she looks how she uh like all of these uh, uh things like the outer shells yeah. all you need to do is the to respect their intellect and to connect with them and Islam is the only thing I find that uh, amazing solution for us. And uh, it's so amazing that we do it for, uh, we do it to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As a Muslim, we do all of our works, all of our worships. It is also an worship towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And in the end of the day, the person who gets benefited is us. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So it's so amazing. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. That's a beautiful answer, sister. Jazakallah khair for joining us today on the Naqabi Diaries. I really appreciate it. Jazakallah khair. Um, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.